Hello and welcome to Sky High Reports, where we want you to reach for the skies. Today's episode will cover how air travel has changed due to the COVID-19 pandemic and how it could be affecting the curve. I will also talk about airspace restrictions and how ethical I believe flying during a pandemic is. So I would like to start off by addressing what is probably one of, if not the biggest concern of traveling in an aircraft during times like this, social distancing. As we become accustomed to, we need to keep six feet apart from others and wear a mask in public areas in order to ensure the safety of everyone around us. Air travel, however, unless you're in a first-class suite, does not allow the luxury of space, which begs the question, do I think social distancing on planes is enough distance in order to keep us safe? If we're going by the one-person-per-row version of distancing, then I believe not. Even if people are wearing masks and sitting one per row, I believe that it still isn't enough because flight attendants will still be serving food and drink, meaning that they're going to have to interact with people. People are going to have to get up to use the bathroom, and aircraft restrooms are notoriously cramped, and planes are only getting cleaned once every 24 hours. Not to mention, of course, you're sitting six feet apart from the person beside you, but the person in front of you is no more than three feet away. Even though there is a seat separating the two of you, I don't believe this is enough, as some people like to get up and access the overhead bins during flights to retrieve anything they might need, and this could warrant an unwanted head bump or elbow rub, which could lead to the transfer of germs and possibly COVID-19. I also want to expand on the cleaning schedule of aircraft. Most airlines are giving their aircraft a deep clean and sanitization at the end of each flying day, which sounds like a lot, but when you consider that the average 737-800 conducts around 6 or 7 flights per day, all carrying passengers, it gives more than ample opportunity for the virus to stick to a surface within the aircraft and can possibly lead to someone contracting it. Furthermore, there are some people who aren't exactly the best at aircraft etiquette and like to remove their shoes or even put their feet up, which also increases the amount of germs being spread. I am not a scientist or by any means a professional in any matter. However, here are some recommendations you may want to heed should you find yourself on an airplane during the pandemic. Firstly, you should always carry an extra mask with you. This may seem obvious, but it is very important. It isn't a good idea to wear the same mask for the duration of a flight that is long enough that you consider napping, as your breath would start to stink up the mask, and that can get annoying. Secondly, something my family and I do every time we travel is we make sure we have an abundance of Clorox or Lysol, or basically any disinfectant wipes. This is not only for when we get to the destination, we also use it on the plane. We think it's a good idea to wipe down the armrests, window shades, and tray tables, as these are common places for people to rest their arms on and touch, meaning they're basically petri dishes. Third, please educate yourself or even exercise common sense when on board. Don't remove your shoes, and if you're going to, please don't remove your socks and keep your feet underneath the seat. No one else wants to see that. Don't take off any article of clothing that you wouldn't take off in public. An aircraft seat is not your home. There are others around you. Finally, it would be smart to cough or sneeze into a tissue or into your elbow, as others are going to be in that seat after you arrive and others have been in that seat before you. If you're going to blow your nose or anything like that, keep that tissue or cloth or what have you in a separate bag or container until you reach your destination and you can safely discard it there. Now let's move on to talking about the actual effect of aviation on the curve. So the question I want to answer in this segment is, do I think that reducing the amount of people on planes is enough to curb the curve? And what are some strategies that I believe could work? So, as could be inferred by my previous statements, I do think that having aircraft carry less passengers would do a significant amount to reduce the risk that passengers would face when traveling on board. What I think would be appropriate would be to lightly sanitize the aircraft after each flight, or have passengers sit in seats that were not previously occupied. I'll talk about the seating plan in a second, but let's, let's, let's expand on the first idea a little bit. So to get the obvious out of the way, I'm not talking about fully cleaning the aircraft after each and every flight, as the chemicals would have to be given time to absorb into the cabin material, and it would also increase aircraft turnaround time to the point where it would not be economically viable. 
Furthermore, some passengers may be allergic to ingredients in the sanitizer, and it would not be a good idea to expose them to a freshly sanitized environment as it could incur a bad reaction. Instead, I propose that the crew cleans areas that are common for people to touch, such as the armrest, tray tables, and window shades. The crew could also provide hand sanitizer at the gate and have it readily available in the aircraft restrooms. Now let's move on to my second idea, a revised seating plan. So I believe that airlines should have one passenger per entire row, so that would be Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, and on one flight, said passenger could sit in the window seat on one side, so say seat Fox, Foxtrot, then on the next flight, the passenger should sit in the window seat on the other side, so say seat Alpha. Economics would most likely never allow this to happen, unless oil prices go negative again, or airlines somehow become okay with operating on negative profit. This would obviously reduce capacity by 50%, but it would drastically reduce the amount of germs that would be exposed to certain areas of the plane. In short summary, and to answer the question, I believe that reducing the amount of passengers would do wonder to reduce the curve. And I think if airlines coupled my plan, uh, seating plan strategy with declean their aircraft after each flight day as they're already doing, traveling by air would stay safe until this pandemic is over. So by now, everyone has heard about the American COVID outbreak, and there seems to be no restriction on domestic air travel. So what restrictions should be imposed on domestic American air travel? Now, I believe that other countries need to force the Americans into making restrictions in order to curb their curve. Now, of course, this would break a whole bunch of laws and would practically be impossible as the American government will not likely heed any warnings from the international community. However, if you look at a flight radar, such as the one that I posted on my Instagram, at Sky High Reports, by the way, there's been almost no decrease in planes flying in American airspace since the pandemic started. So it's no wonder that the United States has the most cases and infections per day in the world. I believe that restrictions should be imposed, because if not, I believe that the cases in the U.S. will not decrease anytime soon, and they represent a growing danger to the population of the world. Now, how would we go about doing that? Well, the ICAO, or International Civil Aviation Organization, and the IATA, or International Air Transport Association, have the power to give recommendations to countries to prevent carriers from the United States, or any country for that matter, from entering their airspace. Even more power is held by the actual governments of countries, as they can decide to fully ban any American carrier they want from entering their airspace and from landing in any of their airports. For example, just recently, the United States Department of Transportation banned Pakistan International Airlines from entering their airspace after nearly one-third of pilot licenses in Pakistan were found to be fake. Another example would be the government of the European Union and their list of banned airlines. They banned airlines from entering their airspace and using their airports for, for a plethora of reasons, ranging from political sanctions all the way to safety records. Now, in terms of actually getting this to work in the United States, this wouldn't be easy as they believe they are superior to, to everyone in almost every sense. I believe that what would have to be done would be mass sanctions on American carriers and aircraft manufacturers and a mass ban of American citizens from traveling worldwide. There would have to be sanctions on American aircraft manufacturers as Boeing can provide maintenance to the planes of American carriers. And this would force the US into complying because if Boeing cannot get any material from their manufacturers, Boeing planes would drop out of the sky. Of course, this can, this can also provoke a hostile reaction, as we know that Donald Trump and his administration are not the type to back down in the face of tough times. However, with an election coming up, you'll have to win over the American population once again, and you'll have to make and fulfill new promises. This means that if actions such as what, have I, uh, what I have described is taken now, Trump will have to find a way to solve them that satisfies the American public, meaning that the measures may actually have an effect. Now, we have a method, but what restrictions actually need to be put in place? 
will obviously a reduction in the amount of flights and a reduction of passengers on those flights. I believe that American carriers should strongly evaluate their route statistics and close the routes that are the least traveled. Furthermore, they should only run routes that are in extreme demand, such as Los Angeles to New York, and close routes to and from hotspots such as New York, Florida, and Arizona. I've had a question in the back of my mind for a while. Is it ethical to ban citizens of certain countries from entering other countries? Now, the short answer would be yes, but that depends on what you believe. Most people who are educated and keep up with the news will understand that there is a need to ban visitors from certain countries, as those countries have uncontrolled outbreaks, and we need to prevent their citizens from entering in order to protect ourselves. That's what most people would say, but others believe that is wrong, as it imposes restrictions on their freedom of movement. However, I have something to say for those people. This virus is invisible. You can't avoid it by running away or by seeing it and put a container on it so it doesn't escape. There is a reason that you need to wear a mask everywhere you go. There's a reason you aren't allowed, allowed to stand closer than six feet to others. And there's a reason countries are closing their borders. For those who don't wear masks, you represent danger to the public. And there's a reason people give you weird looks when you go out. Your summer plans got ruined? Well, too bad. So did mine. And you know what? I don't want to see my family members and friends get sick and possibly die because I didn't want to wear a mask for 20 minutes while I went to get groceries. You say that you care about the safety of others, yet you will threaten to cough on them and you become irate when someone suggests that maybe you should put a mask on to keep everyone safe. Guess what? When you went to get your tonsils out, those surgeons had to wear masks so no bacteria from then fell into your mouth. Same with your eye doctor. They have to thoroughly clean their hands before touching your face because they want to protect you and themselves. Yes, your freedom is an unalienable right, but there comes a time when you have to realize what's more important, the health of you and those around you, or your weekend trip down south. You think the government's trying to kill us? Well, how come countries that had aggressive countermeasures early on have the lowest number of cases now? In conclusion, I believe that it is ethical to ban certain country citizens from visiting other countries as they represent danger to the population of wherever they're traveling. If others aren't to go, going to go to the appropriate lengths to make sure that they're safe, then it falls on you and your country to ensure that everything is done to prevent contact with those people and to prevent COVID from crossing your borders. Whatever the reason may be, if you need to fly somewhere during this pandemic, you obviously understand that it's not going to be the same as it was before. You're probably going to be wondering how comfortable the flight is, and you're probably going to be wondering how stressful the whole airport procedure is going to be. Well, you're not going to have to flight someone for space on the armrest, and you're not going to have to worry about falling asleep on a stranger's shoulder. There are surely going to be a lot less crying babies in occupied bathrooms. The entire process from checking your bag, through security, boarding, and deplaning is going to take a lot less time than it took before. This all seems really fine and dandy, right? It's every frequent flyer's dream. However, there's always pros and cons to everything. You're going to have to wear a mask for the whole duration of the flight, and once you get to your destination and return home, you're going to have to quarantine yourself for 14 days on either end in order to ensure that you aren't symptomatic of COVID-19. At the airport, many restaurants and shops will be closed, lounges may not be open, and there's going to be thermometer checks at every corner you turn. You're at risk of becoming stuck wherever you go, as borders can close at any moment at the instant rise of cases. Your airline may go bankrupt and cease operations, leaving you with no way of getting home. However, if you're willing to accept those risks and discomforts, flying might actually be quite comfortable. You don't have to worry about reclining your seat too far. You don't have to worry about some random kid kicking the back of your seat. You don't have to worry about the, someone removing their socks and letting the entire plane bask in the aroma of what is stinky feet. And flight attendants don't have to care for so many passengers, meaning meal services will be much quicker, and you're probably not going to have to worry about the plane not having your preferred food option. In conclusion, flying during the COVID pandemic does have its uh, downsides, 
but it might actually be much comfortable than, it, than flying was before. Thank you for joining me in this discussion about the nuances of air travel during a pandemic. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking and sharing. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at SkyHighReports. For our next episode, we'll talk about the harsh reality of the Boeing 747 and Airbus A380s being retired, what led to it, and can they be considered a successful aircraft. This has been Sky High Reports, signing off.